afternoon, everybody. This is the Charging Buffalo Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Marino of Buckley, and we're back for another installment. And we're excited to talk about the Sabres on this fine Tuesday afternoon. Luke, how you doing? I'm good. Are we going to be listening to some uh, classic soul tunes, too? <laughs> Gee, we want to switch it up today, Joe leading, Joe leading us in, <laughs> rather than me. I like that. Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to pay somebody on Cameo or Fiverr or somebody, someone with a nice voice, a seductive voice, exotic voice, to introduce the show. I think that would be great. If, I, if anyone out there wants to chime in. Maybe if Bob McKenzie is on Cameo or on Fiverr, <laughs> we should get him to uh, record. I just think that would yeah, be maybe, funny. Maybe he is. Who knows? Maybe. Well, yeah. Um, what, what have you thought about the Sabres lately? Good. Uh, you know, I've been thinking in the week leading up to this, what we're going to talk about. And, uh, I don't know, has your excitement cooled at all? Uh, I would definitely say it has. I think the, the Thompson line has certainly simmered down Mm -hmm. except for middle stat. Which is good. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. As long as one of those guys are going at it, then I'm fine. Mm -hmm. But, uh, no, I think the, the excitement around that line has certainly cooled off. But, I will uh, say this: Tage Thompson, still he still looks better. Yes, I don't think he doesn't look like a dominant force. No, I'm not saying like they he suck was, or anything. but like past couple games, I've been in and out. I've mi- I missed the first period of the last game of the. I've missed the first period of the Lukanen game. I missed the goal that he gave up, and I think I missed the first period of the last game too. But he Thompson, he's making a lot of those fancy moves, but he's pulling them off now. And it seems like he he's starting to realize there's a time and place for that kind of stuff. And he, he almost pulled that stuff off and created a, a nice goal a couple of times. So He had a real nice opportunity, I believe, in the Bruins game in front of the net. Middlestat found him right in front of the goalie. Now, I don't know if Middlestat's pass was just inaccurate or if Thompson just had a brain fart and watched the puck just go past him. But, uh, no, he did have a chance there. So, And you're right, he has had other opportunities. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying the line sucks. Oh, yeah, right? it's, it's still a pretty – it's still very good they're, they're bottom not, six line. They're, yes, they're still very good bottom six line. And Casey Middlestad's still playing very well. Uh, who had the empty netter against mm. the Bruins? Was that – It was Reinhardt. It was Reinhardt. You're right, the hat trick. Asplund had a empty netter though. Sometime it between, was yeah, it was was that a game between? or two before. Okay, so that was before or after the last episode. The fly. It was. I might have been, no. Was it the Flyers? I don't know. No, he I had the the game winner against the Flyers late late in the game. Okay. NBCSN game, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the games have been fun though. Yeah. Always so. Like, even though they are slipping a little bit and they're not playing as well as they were like last week and the week before, you still don't think they're out of it. Right. They're trying. Like they're down. What was it? The Rangers game. They were down like three to three, four to one. They're coming back. Like they're still fighting. Like Ralph Kruger was the coach. That game probably would have been seven nothing. And uh, a couple of those games were against the Bruins. Yeah. Who are absolutely stifling on defense. They always have been mm-hmm. for the last couple of years. Since Sabres have a lot of problems with the Bruins. Yes. Since since Cassidy has been there, they've been a problem. And and we the Sabres have not matched up well against them this year. So that's probably tainting it a bit as well. Uh, but their games against the Rangers have been super entertaining, especially mm-hmm. in the first period, right? Uh, the, the A couple months ago. There's always a goal like a minute into yes, the game. Yes, yes, yes. Multiple times this year, both teams have scored a goal within the five, first five minutes of the mm-hmm. game. So uh, they definitely uh, – the 5-3 loss, I think. Was it 5-3 that they lost or 6-3 six, so. six, to, uh, the, to the Rangers? Yeah, Zibanejad had a hat trick. Yes. Taco had a couple goals. Very nearly had four goals did Zibanejad. Mm-hmm. But, no, I got that feeling again where, yes, they were down 5-3 and had the goaltender pulled, but I was like – you know, well, they're up. They had six on three actually at one point. Uh, I was like, you know, I feel like they're not out of it. They're playing as if they're still in it, and they know they still have a chance. So you can see the confidence growing. You could definitely see it in that game. Uh, so that was nice to take away from uh, from that game. One takeaway. 
I I noticed Dustin Sikarski that uh, I think the clock has struck midnight on the Cinderella the story. Cinderella yes. story <laughs> because he's been not good. He outgrew the shoe. Oh yeah, yeah the the slipper. He outgrew yeah. the slipper. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. that game that might go to overtime if he doesn't let in those softies. Yeah. Come on. Uh, well, no, maybe, and this all, it all turned around, you know, like right after he was named first star, star of, week, of, yeah. of the week. So maybe it was, uh, uh, what's that? What you're looking was at? Was he <laughs> given first star of the week because it's a good story or I, was he given first star of the week because he was playing well Well, or a combination? He of had both. been playing well, uh, and it could be a good story. He had been playing really well, though. He had mm-hmm. a 43-game save in that stretch, uh, and he also got his first win in that stretch. I think he won two games that week. So he had been playing well, but, again, the, the story part might play into it. But I think, you know, maybe something mentally came into play there after he was named first star of the week. I'm not saying it was an ego trip. That's not what I mean. <laughs> It's just maybe he felt, felt, okay, well, I have to live up to that now. So maybe he got a little bit confident, a little bit too confident, though. Maybe. And, you know, tried. I haven't noticed anything different about his game, but uh, except for the fact that he's letting in softies. You know, like we said last week, uh, keep your expectations high. And I'm sure there's some people out there that saw Dustin Tokarski play. Like, hey, maybe he can be your backup goalie. No, Dustin Tokarski... He is what he is. He's an AHL goalie. He's not anything more, not anything less. He, I'm comfortable with him being their third, fourth string guy, which he might very well be their fourth, fourth string goalie next year, if Uko Pekalukinen isn't. Well, I believe he's signed through playing. next year. Yeah, he I mean, is signed next so year. So he'll be in so, Rochester. Or if there's a taxi squad again, he's probably the taxi squad goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of Uko Pekalukinen? Very impressed. Uh, of course, the first shot. He landed the first goal on his first yeah, I shot. That. Uh did you see the goal though? No. Didn't get a chance. It's tough, okay, because there's lots of factors. Young goalie, nerves, right? Uh it's but his then first NHL game. You know, you see there's gonna be the detractors that say, Oh wow, couldn't stop that that bet cupcake goal. Well, what happened was the Sabres defense, I think it was Borgen and Martin who were out. Uh parted like the Red Sea and just left a clear lane uh, right in the middle of the ice for uh, who, who scored? Was it Marchand? Or uh, no, no, uh, Craig, Craig Smith. Maybe? Craig Smith has been a saber killer. Might, might have been him. Year. Probably him. Nevertheless, uh, tons of room in front of the net. It would, it, it's a tough save for any goalie. Okay, I don't care what you're saying. Probably 15 feet away, middle of the slot. It was a tough save for Lucan and make, but he recovered quite well. Uh, until the third period where the team as a whole kind of spired out of control. The wrist align and deflection couldn't have been his fault. He joked about it afterwards. Yeah, and saw it, that. I, I was going to say, nice to see him joke about it. I like, know. the con- I respect the confidence. Mm-hmm. For and he's a, a goalie. Goalies are weird. Right. Goalies are confident. If he can be a, a Patrick Watt-type personality, that would be hilarious. I'd love mm-hmm. that. He, he, seems he, like seems a very, he seems like a fan favorite, if you want to call yes. him that. Yeah, so I mean, he couldn't really control that. Uh, the Richie goal to make it five three uh, kind of left the five hole open, but whatever. It's stuff that didn't you can... both of the late goals come off of Ristolainen? They might. Well, I thought well, the one, the Hall goal, definitely went off Ristolainen's stick. But I thought I, I thought yes, that, that one went off his stick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Ristolainen just. Can you really blame anybody for that one? I mean, got to yeah, stick in. I it mean, happens. if anything, get your body in front of it. But what you're going to be picky. You know what? They uh, they scored goals. They they, they scored, scored goals. Six goals yeah, in this game. Um, they didn't have to worry about that little mental collapse towards the end of the game. Right. Uh, but Uko Pekalukinen, the mistakes they're fixable. Mm-hmm. They're goaltender mistakes that you can craft. You can cultivate. He's 21 or something. Yeah, he's How 21 he? years old. He's a young guy. Yeah. Goaltenders don't really come into their own until they're 22, 23, 24 years old. Right. So, so he's going to, I mean, that's, needs that's, time. that's fixable stuff. Uh, he's going to be fine. Now, he's starting tonight's game as well. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Start on the rest of the one. year. Yeah, I was going to say that. 
they Who cares? how many games do they have left? Eleven, maybe. No, there's eleven days left. Eleven. Wow. Eleven days left in the season. Well, they probably play eight times between them. They have to be at game forty-eight, right? Uh, I'm gonna check the standings right I'm now. I'm typing in their thing. They're at forty-nine games played. Okay. So we're we're running really low on games. I would I would keep playing. Just them. do it. Uh, Allmark and Hutton still aren't close. It seems like they're probably done for the season. Mm-hmm. I would, unless it's like a back-to-back and you don't want to really throw the guy to the Wolves, I would play him just about all these games. See what you got in him. I, I mean, I know I took a little bit of flack on Twitter for saying when Kruger was still the coach, do not play this guy at all because you you watched the games. You know knew what was going on. They were losing five nothing, three nothing, five to two every game, and there was no hope. And they were getting outshot a lot. Mm-hmm. Now it's a completely different story. I would I would love to see this guy play every game the rest of the season. But my question to you and to the listeners: uh, What do you think about Uko Pekalukinen being the backup next year? And I I'm torn because I think if they do bring back Linus Allmark that in a perfect world, Allmark doesn't get injured. Mm-hmm. Lukanen could be your backup and maybe Allmark plays 60 games. Lukanen plays 20 and that's good, but Allmark is going to inevitably, inevitably get injured. And then Ukopaka Lukanen's your starting goalie. And then you got Dustin Tokarski as your backup. And I don't, I don't know if see that sounds good. I think I would prefer Lukanen be in Rochester yeah. for a full season, a real season, a real with season playoffs in with Rochester with players, real, with real players, with real players, yes. and so your defense isn't, you know, up in Buffalo, and you have Joe Schmo mm-hmm. off the street who's working in front of you, uh, but get him a real full season in front, oh, in a pro league, right. Uh, mm-hmm with a real defense and real uh, prospects uh, in front of you. I agree. Yeah, because, I mean, who's to say that uh, any of the young guys would have even come up here mm-hmm. if, if it was a normal I think season? their best course of action for next season is bring all Mark back. I think judging solely off of injury history for him, the last for his body work as an NHL goaltender – He's been good when mm-hmm. he's been healthy. But that's the problem. He You're right, can't yeah. stay healthy. And if he's going to be asking for six million, five, six million dollars, like, I'm sorry, but I don't know. Like, he's a good goalie. He's a great guy. I just don't know about paying him that much money when he's not going to be playing. And then at that point, you got to be relying on a good backup goalie to take the reins as a starting goalie. And this is a team that has missed the playoffs for 10 years in a row. And. Goaltending means a lot. They really need this guy to come in next year if he decides to stay, to stay healthy. In a perfect world, they would have it be based around like a bonus, a performance bonus, where if you start this many games, then you'll get $3 million more million or something. Yeah, but that's just he, not how it works. That's not how it works. <laughs> but uh, no, and you're, you're very right. That's what I want to say is that the injury factor is the reason why uh, I don't see Lukanen be, and I don't feel safe about Lukanen mm-hmm. being the backup next year because uh, you don't have a workhorse in there who can play every single night as your starter already. And that doesn't really happen anymore either. You look right. around the league, there's tandems everywhere. Like you got a 1A, a clear 1A, and then you got someone who's capable mm-hmm. in, in the backup spot. And I think I think you sh- they should bring Allmark back definitely at the right price. Mm-hmm. but they need to bring in someone like at starting caliber to be the 1B. And maybe Columbus is a trade partner. Bring in Elvis Merzlikens or Jonas Corposalo. I don't know what the price would be in a trade. Uh, maybe Vitek Vanacek out of Washington, although he hasn't been that great when you account for his performances besides facing the Sabres. But... There's some guys out there for trades. Those are a few names. There's, there's a pretty decent cl- crop of UFA goaltenders as well. So bring in another guy. I think maybe Antti Ranta, another guy who can't stay healthy. But Maybe he someone. can if he's splitting time. He's not playing as much. Yeah, so we'll see. Has he played at all this year? I 
I want to say yes. I think he has. Let me double check. Hmm. Yeah, well... I haven't watched the Coyotes this year. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you know, um, again, it just comes down... It all hinges on Allmark. He's currently injured, by the way. <laughs> of course. I'm not, I'm not going to say He's played here. 12 games. 905 oh. save percentage. I'm not going to poop on the guy for yeah. getting hurt, but... Uh, no, but there's going to be likely a lot of goaltenders in the free agency this offseason, so... You hope that this season was a lesson to mm-hmm. sort of take care of your chicken in that sense of take care of goalie, right? It's the most position on your team, the most important position on your team. I think the Sabres learned that. They probably could have gotten Marc-Andre Fleury for very cheap in the offseason, probably paid to take him, yeah. honestly. But, I, see, I what difference would it have made? Yeah, right. Uh, but... No, make some changes there. Hopefully they learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll say. Oh, uh, what do you think about Matias Samuelson? I'm impressed. He's blended in, mm-hmm. right? Um, think he, Did he have a few assists? Yeah, he had a couple right? assists, yeah. I think, in the Bruins game. Yeah. I want to say uh, in the Bruins game. So, yeah, I mean, carrying over that, that little point-getting touch from Rochester, hopefully he can keep it going. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I'd still keep him in Rochester next year. Yeah, I don't th- think he's fully ready and I think they're doing him a disservice by playing him with with Ristolainen. Right, right. Uh, so yeah, uh, but no, I think he, he's he's blended in just fine. Um, hasn't stuck out like a sore thumb. Uh, yeah, and like when you talk about a young defenseman, if you don't really notice him a whole lot, that's a pretty mm-hmm. good sign. So right, and and and, and uh, you're right. He's he's being kind of weighed down as it is with mm-hmm. Ristolainen. So, um, but it's good that he's around the team right now. Uh, he'll bring that over back to Rochester next year, and he'll improve from that. Uh, while we're on the topic of young defensemen, uh, do you think Jacob Bryson should be on the team next year, or should they try and bring in mm-hmm. someone more proven? That's a tough question. Bryson doesn't need waivers next uh, year. I don't think that's the case. See, I'd love to see more Bryson, but, you know, can you get to the playoffs with a guy like him on Can your team? Can you at the get moment? to the playoffs? The player with that he is right now. A defense core comprised of Dalin, Yoki Haru, uh, is Ristolainen in here? Is Miller here? Borgen, Bryson, Samuelson, possibly McCabe if he's brought back. I don't know if that's good enough. Not with that many young guys. I don't think you're ready to make that jump next year with. Uh, now a young let's remember, Samuelson. Will Borgen's 24 years old might be 25 he's not a young defenseman mm-hmm. he's young in a sense he doesn't have a whole lot of nhl well, experience for whatever reason but bryson's also not all that young either he's like 22 23 mm-hmm. so it's it's not a super young decor but i would like some more experience back there yeah uh well like you said higher standard keep mm-hmm. the standard high uh go out and uh get some guys but like, will they be hesitant to spend is what i, I think know. the the ATM line has been a, a success. Yes. But I st- I'm still unsure about Tage Thompson. Does he get exposed in the expansion draft? Does Asplund get exposed in the expansion draft? Because I think if Asplund becomes available to Seattle, he's definitely the pick. Because who else are they going to pick? Are they like? Let's be real with ourselves. They're not picking Cody Eakin. Mm-hmm. Are they going to take um, – Colin Miller and his almost $4 million cap hit. I think that's what the Athletic had yeah, this I, morning. I don't know about that. Like, if in a perfect world, if they're able to protect all of their young guys and their only options are like uh, Colin Miller, Rasmus Ristolainen, Cody Eakin, like, yeah, maybe they do decide to go that route. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, if you had to choose between a guy like Rasmus Asplund or Colin Miller, who are you picking? Right. Uh, well, Colin Miller has played on an expansion team before. Mm-hmm. He was with Vegas during that, that first cup run. So, uh, I don't know, maybe they weigh that, sort of say, hey, well, here's a guy with experience well, playing on it. Maybe Gerard Gallant is the coach of the That's Kraken. right. Maybe he'll, he'll, I'm sure he'll have a lot of say. Right. So, in a way, it's it, it's too early to forecast it just because, you know, there's still so many pieces that have to fall into place there. Head coach being the biggest one. Uh, so, uh, we'll see everything that we'll have a clearer picture, let's say, mm-hmm. 
come, uh, I don't know, when is the draft? July. Mid-July. Mid-July. Okay. Mid to late July. All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll have a um, we'll have a closer look at that then. Mm-hmm. It'll be easier to tell. Uh, you know, and the acquisition of Anders Bjork also will put a wrinkle into the plans for Seattle expansion. Right. Do they protect him? Or uh, do they go with Thompson or Asplund? Well, you know, I, I would like to see Bjork maybe figure into the ATM line without yeah. with or Olafson. I was thinking maybe you go Asplund Middlestat Olafson, get right. Victor Olafson out of that top line. But also I think is Victor Olafson trade bait. I don't know. What can you get for that that player? And that's a player that you have to protect in the expansion draft. Can you move him mm-hmm. and add flexibility so you don't lose Thompson or Asplund or mm-hmm. they're definitely gonna protect Middlestat or or Bjork, like, like Olafson does score a lot of goals on mm-hmm. the power play for the team. He has improved five on five play slightly, I would say. But I don't know where does he fit. We, we talk about this every week. Where does Victor Olafson fit in this lineup going forward? Because I certainly don't think it's in the top six, and maybe it's on that third line with Asplund and Middlestat. But then where do you put Tage Thompson? So there's right. still well, maybe there's still some tough choices that Kevin Adams has to make. See, we're talking about this, and I, I, I see maybe Thompson as the uh, the trade bait. Mm-hmm. See if somebody wants to take him on as a reclamation project, as they say. Uh, I don't. I, I just see him maybe being – maybe Bjork made him more expendable, mm-hmm. perhaps. Because they're, they're making similar amounts of money. Yeah, to, it's like a $300,000 difference. Yeah, but uh, as of right now, there are too many cooks in the kitchen. Right. Because they do have enough guys on this team right now to ice – a roster for next year mm-hmm. when you account for all the young guys that are stepping up. But let's look at ourselves in the mirror here. I know we've been very high on the team the last couple of weeks, but it's still not good enough. They're playing at, like, a pace under Granado, which would get them into, like, fifth or sixth in the division, and that's still not a playoff team. They still need to do more work to get to the point where – Jack Eichel's not going to be like, get me the hell out of here. Yeah, and something I think about a lot is uh, who are the players that you can replace on this team? Because a lot of it's young guys who you probably want in the lineup next year that you're going to have to count on them taking a jump. Because mm-hmm. what? who are you going to – you have Cody Eakin, Eakin Toby Reeder, and Riley Shahan, who are the three replaceable players. Mm-hmm. I would. Right? I don't mind Riley Shahan, though, if they're going to say, hey, let's keep him around. He mm-hmm. can be the 13th or 14th forward step into the lineup if someone gets hurt. Right, right. But staying with the, the, the higher caliber thing, mm-hmm. right, like if you're going to have to count on improvement for a lot of your progress next season, I feel like. Yeah. Because I don't think you're going to send Casey back down to oh, Rochester. Oh, he's here to stay. Tage... If he's on the team, he's with Buffalo. He's not going anywhere else. He's not going to be playing in the minor leagues again. Uh, so they're going to have to, you know, find a way to uh, improve on that bottom six. The guys like like Reader that we're talking. Plus, Gurianson's will be coming back. Uh, but do you want him again? Again, um, where does he fit? Where does he fit? Yeah. So there's is going he, to be. I uh, think. I think I mentioned this last week. Gurianson's is the fourth line center. Mm-hmm. You go with the center core of Eichel, Cousins, Middlestat, Gergensons, move Reinhardt back to the wing, bring back Skinner, Eichel, Reinhardt, watch the magic happen. Yeah, so uh, one of those one of those bottom line guys is bound to lose their job, of course. Definitely. What, what happens then with presumably the wings most the wingers most likely? Uh, we'll see, but somebody a piece has to fall somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if they yeah. do decide to keep Reinhardt at center, then you need another right winger. Right. That That's true, too. And I do hope, if Granado's here, you can bet your bottom dollar that Reinhardt will be a center. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Because does this... Cousins move to the wing? Does Middlestat move to the wing? What ha- I, it's, mm-hmm. it's very interesting to think about. Well, I guess that's a plus, is that you have guys like that who have a diverse enough skill set that they can play all those positions so that's another good thing about picking centers with your first round pick because mm-hmm. they can play center you can play center you can play anywhere <laughs> you're able to go switch to the wing and if there's injuries like reinhardt you can go back to center mm-hmm. so 
I, I was listening to GR the other day, and Paul Hamilton was saying that he would look at trading Casey Middlestad if they decide to keep Reinhardt at center because Middlestad doesn't fit the mold of a fourth-line center. Well, I think, I mean, what you've seen with Middlestad, uh, I mean, like we were just saying, if you played center, you could play anywhere, and mm-hmm. he's excelled enough. I like him more uh, at center than the wing, though, this year at least. Right, right. Uh I mean, yeah, you could get down to, you know, zone starts too. You know, right? What, what side of the ice are you starting on? You know, <laughs> and then keeping. Uh, and does that determine? You know, if middle sets on the fourth line, you know, do you play him more there, and uh, do you play him more in the offensive zone to take faceoffs there? So I don't know, creates a whole mess there. I think you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but like, uh, again, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Hopefully, what some additions are made in free agency, they're definitely going to protect Bjork, right? I think so. Yeah, I I think the fact that they haven't sat him, right, kind of shows that he is in the plans. Uh, it seemed it sounded like Adams was excited about him. Yeah, like because like, who do they like more? Do they like Thompson or Bjork more? Because let's also not discount the fact they might protect eight skaters. I don't know if Will Borgen is eligible for expansion or not because I was fiddling around with the cap-friendly tool, and I don't think because of his injury he hasn't uh, played enough games to meet the exposure requirements. Yeah, what would that be this time around? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but he needed like 20-something more games left. Mm -hmm. But I remember in the Vegas one there were guys who didn't meet those requirements that cap-friendly had laid Mm -hmm. out that were picked, like Griffin Reinhardt. He'd never played. Mm-hmm. And he still got picked. Hmm. So maybe it's the professional games thing. I don't know. Yeah. So ideally, Borgen is exempt. Mm-hmm. But eh, I don't know. And I think Borgen next year will be waiver eligible. And I don't see him cracking that Kraken defense core. So Buffalo can maybe pick him back up. But That's I don't know. nice. That's but nice. again, the Ristolainen factor. Are they going to trade him finally? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be able to trade him? Because if you're trading Ristolainen to a team, it's got to be a team that's going to be like, okay, we're going to protect him. Or do you... And who's willing to do that? Yeah. There's mm-hmm. not many teams that have another spot or two on their defense that are going to be like, okay, we're going to protect Rasmus Ristolainen. Mm-hmm. Like Ottawa? Yeah. Is there a fit there? Hmm. Maybe. Maybe Edmonton? Edmonton's got Clefbaum, if they want to protect him. I don't know if, mm-hmm. about his injury history. Uh, Nurse, who's really blossomed into a star this year. Ethan Bear. Bear, Caleb Jones. So it's tough in Edmonton. Chicago, mm-hmm. maybe. Chicago could be a fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. But maybe they just expose Ristolainen and, and say, hey, Take See, him. That would be that would fall again under the horrible asset management category, don't you think? But they get almost six million in cap space. Yeah, they, that would give them so much flexibility. And let's say they trade Colin Miller too. Mm-hmm. That's another almost four million dollars in cap space, and they could just go crazy in free agency. Mm-hmm. They bridge Darlene and Yoki Haru, save a little more money, and maybe you know what they say. Okay, let's go give Dougie Hamilton nine million dollars, and let's go for the let's go for the playoffs. Hmm, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. What if they well, say, man. "Okay, Gabe Landeskog, here's a one-year, ten million dollar contract. Sounds you can off. go play yeah. with Jack Eichel." Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could re- go you crazy. Know? You know. Yeah. Make the the great value version of the McKinnon of the <laughs> of the the line yeah. that they have there. With uh, move Reinhardt up, Reinhardt's, uh, Landis Cog, and, and Eichel. There you go. You yeah, create your own, <laughs> you own version. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, here's a one-year $9 million deal. Take it or leave it. Right, and, you know, I think that that's actually a good point because exposing Ristolainen like that will give you an advantage that a lot of teams don't have, right? Mm-hmm. Free up some cap space. A lot of teams aren't going to be able to afford to re-sign guys, perhaps. So, yeah, right? Give yourself that advantage. Yeah, uh, and yeah. they can waive Cody Eakin, mm-hmm. save a little more money. Like, there's opportunities for this team. Mm-hmm. There's opportunities to 
They just got to make the right choice. There's certainly been saying comes, this every year. It but. comes down to the X's and O's. Yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, we'll see, uh, especially with the, the the new associate general manager they had. So we, gonna I was going to say this. We haven't really, we forgot yeah, to we mention, never talked about, we forgot to mention the hiring of uh, right. Carmanos as the associate I mean, general for, manager. Listen, the listeners know by now, of course, yeah. that Carmanos is here. So, I mean, we'll see now that there's a separate, there's another head in the in the room uh, that I feel like talk over stuff with. I feel like he's got a lot more say than we think. I feel like it's more of a coach. Well, kind he of has a here. lot on his plate, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, he's got to go sit on the, in the street corners of Rochester pulling guys off the street to play for the Amherst. That's right. So, uh, no, so it'll be – that's another part of this offseason that'll be different is that there's now essentially two people in charge, mm-hmm. right? Two hockey people in charge, I should say. An analytics person in charge. An analytics person, yes, correct. Uh, so, might be different in a way there. Uh, we'll see just how different. Of course, Carmanos bringing a bit of a uh, another hockey guy. Uh, you know what? Also, perspective. Carmanos said he was going to Texas for the U18s. So in-person scouting too. That's right. And I trust Jason Carmanos to run this scouting department a hell of a lot more than I would trust Jerry Fortin, uh, Jason Nightingale. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Divine? No, not uh, Divine's still in the organization for some reason. The newer <laughs> guy, Jeremiah Crow. Oh, okay. Jeremiah Crow, Kevin Nat. Like, I don't trust those guys. These guys are all mm-hmm. brand new besides Fortin. Fortin's been around. but Doesn't Jeremiah Crow sound like the name of a, like, like an old fairy tale guy, like you know, like you know, like uh, Ichabod Crane in the uh, the Headless Horseman. Oh my God, a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit, but yeah, uh, Carmanos adds some credibility to the organization. That's mm-hmm. definitely exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked you this question last week: scale one to ten, how confident are you that uh, Donnie Meatballs gets the full time coaching job? Now, has your I think answer I'm changed? At- since last week. Listen, I think I'm at a solid eight. I think those meatballs are nearing completion. The feast is almost ready to be served. I feel like I feel like he's got I I'm gonna give a seven out of ten now. I'm not as certain. Mm-hmm. Especially because I feel like they're gonna do a really big search. Yeah. And there's gonna be some guys out there. Like Travis Green will be available. Uh Rod Brindamore potentially. And I think if Rod Brindamore is available, you go with Rod Brindamore. Brindamore could bring it. And you know what? Uh, it's Everyone says it, but Kevin Adams and the connection there. Well, let's not forget about Carmanos, too. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so And the rumored Jim Rutherford. Right. We're going to be building the— I, I said it months <laughs> ago. They're going to build the Carolina Hurricanes Boys Club in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Sound familiar? Carolina Panthers Boys Club in Orchard Park. That's right. And that's what they're looking at. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah, there's the very, very top notch names I think would excite me. John Tortorella? I don't know. I I feel like no. Torts is done being a head coach in the NHL. I think my ship has sailed on it. Maybe TNT go that's one thing I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe there is a future in broadcasting. One hundred percent for John Torella. We'll get to that. But uh yeah, the ship has sailed for me on Tortorella. Yeah. I think <laughs> if we would have talked about John Tortorella being a coaching candidate for the Sabres like after the playoffs last year, I think I would have been like, oh, yeah, this is the mm-hmm. kind of guy they need. But seeing what has happened in Columbus this season, I'm just like, nope, no thanks. Mm-hmm. I do not want John Tortorella. Also, uh, the Coyotes coach, uh, Rick Tockett, he's also going to be a free agent head coach as well. So <laughs> this – it's a pretty good class of unrestricted free agent head coaches that will be available. So, and Don Granado might be a part of that. And if you think about, I'm sure other teams will look at his success with the team compared to Ralph Kruger. I and could maybe definitely they'll be like, hey, we'll give this guy a chance. I could totally see him getting an assistant job elsewhere. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he'll be a hot commodity assistant. Would Seattle want to take a flyer on Don Granado? Maybe. Mm, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about the standings. Yes. 
It looked oh, the I'm Sabres are still out. in 31st place, 33 points, and then the Ducks and Devils are 35 points, tied for second last. Uh, the Devils have a game in hand on the Ducks and Sabres, but I don't know. I'm not sure what is going to happen here. There's um, there's seven games left in the season. It doesn't look like they're going to get to 28th where Columbus is, but I think we talked about this last week. It's not the best year to have the number one pick. I hope they pick third. I don't want Owen Power. I like Owen Power, but I don't want the Sabres to pick a defenseman in the first round. I don't know about you. What are your thoughts on that? Nah, not again. Not again. Or uh, you know, I'm I'm just I'm sick of defensemen at at high picks. Not exactly, you know, not again per se, but first round, early second round. I think you kind of need to replenish that forward stock now. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of young defensemen in this organization, right? Yeah. I think you got to go out and for once maybe get some get some uh, North American young forwards who might be able to contribute sooner than a guy who's playing in Sweden until he's 24 years old. Uh, just diversify the drafting speaking a little of, bit. Speaking of higher picks, Marcus Davidson's rights to the Sabres expires on June 1st. Hmm. So that's a Can he re-enter round. the draft then? No. Okay. Too old? Oh, maybe he can, but I don't know. I don't think so. He's like 22. Well, uh, He just becomes a free agent at that point. Yeah, well... Uh, no, just draft some guys who are playing here and maybe can play on the Amherst sooner. Because I get, I know the whole don't draft for need thing, but I think there's a need at prospect forwards. I think they need stuff everywhere, though. They need That's true. they need an impact defenseman. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any debating that they do need because like Darlene's your impact D. Where's your other impact defenseman mm-hmm. on the team and in the pipeline? You don't have one. Yeah. So there is a need for an impact defenseman, specifically a right shot defenseman. There's no defensive identity on this team. And the only right shot defenseman in this draft that has the chance to be an impact guy is Brant Clark, mm-hmm. who is playing in Slovakia this year, uh, should have been playing for the Barry Colts, but, of course, the OHL season was just recently shut down. So, I don't know. I wouldn't pick him in the top two. I probably, I would maybe if they had the fifth or sixth, seventh pick, I'd be like, okay, let's take Brant Clark. But I'm going to say it again. Matt Beniers. This guy's a really good two-way center. And I think, I think right now he's the best player in the draft. But when you look at raw potential and ceiling, I think William Eklund would be the best choice for number one because I see superstar potential out of William Eklund. I brought it up last week. Point production for draft-eligible SHL players, not many players have achieved the production level that William Eklund had this year for Jurgarden in the Swedish Elite League. Better production than both uh, Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holtz who were top 10 picks last season. Better production this year than both of them as well. And I feel like if William Eklund was three inches taller, he would be consensus number one pick. If William Eklund didn't get COVID if and played in the World Juniors, he would be the consensus number one pick. This guy is going to be a star, and I think he's number one on my list. And Dylan Gunther, he's going to be playing for Canada at the World Under-18s. This guy blowing up the WHL this season. I think he's going to be a great option for the Sabres with their first-round pick. One of those three forwards, if they can get any of those three, cool. I hope they don't pick a defenseman, but that's why I want them to win these games nobody should be saying okay there's seven games left in the season let's lose and lock up that top three pick let's win the lottery I don't want to hear that Mm -hmm. because yeah Owen Power is a really good defenseman I haven't seen nearly enough of Simon Edvinson to really comment on him 
but he seems like he's got some good potential as well. He's he's a risky pick in my opinion, especially ranked number two in Bob McKenzie's uh, scout poll. Luke Hughes is interesting too, but again, I would prefer a forward with this pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, see, I think it's going to be best available anyway, just because I mean, they're, that's what they're going to say. That's they what they're going to say. Available forward, yeah. Uh, Best available player, not I forward. I mean, yeah, I hadn't realized how tight the the race for last was getting. Oh, it's very you, close. You thought the Sabers would have it locked up. Oh yeah, for a they while. they did have it locked up. They did for a little bit, mm-hmm. but they really closed the gap. Yeah, At, tonight they could be tied in a three way tie for last place with the Ducks and Devils. See, I don't want to start rooting against them because I'm having fun watching the young guys do relatively well. They're seven back of Columbus and Ottawa. So I don't, I don't. They could hypothetically reach that, but I don't think that they're going to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good for them for winning, mm-hmm. getting picking up points. They really Absolutely. did close that gap that was like 10, 12 points at one point in the season. Right, right. Well, I hadn't known just how bad Columbus was playing. I didn't know they're how on awful. Like an eight or nine game losing streak, aren't they? Yeah, I had not known how awful uh, their record was. Only uh, 15 wins, I think. I didn't think they were going to be this bad. Yeah, 15, yeah. 25, and 10, 40 yeah. points. No, um, well, I think, I mean, that's the torts effect, right? Mm. I'm surprised he didn't get fired. Yeah. He's definitely not going to get no. re-signed. Though. No, absolutely not. But uh, Columbus is due for a big shakeup. I wonder if mm-hmm. they decide to trade Seth Jones. Well, I think uh, I think Line A will be traded again. Again? Mm. I do. Yeah, I don't uh, think that will be kind of a... He's an RFA. Quick fix kind of deal. They're sitting Max Domi, too, who he hasn't really worked out in Columbus either. Right, right. So, uh, whatever. Can I interest you in a Rasmus Ristolainen for one of your goalies, please and thanks? Right, right. Well, I mean, they traded all their defensemen, too, in the offseason. Yeah, they traded Ryan Murray. Nudivara. Yeah. So, yeah, they were a bit of a mess. But mm. yeah, because they wanted to clear cap space to sign Dubois. That That's didn't right. Happen. Didn't happen at all. So, oh well, say la vie, as they say. <laughs> as they say. Yeah. So yeah. if you're rooting for losses, I mean, good for you. You're going to be disappointed mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Like, yeah, obviously you want Kevin Adams and uh, uh, Carmanos. Carmanos, Jason Carmanos, mm-hmm. to pick who they believe is the best player in the draft, that'd be cool. If they're picking number one, awesome. But they're probably going to pick Owen Power, and I think Owen Power is the fourth best player in this draft. I mean, really, if it's a top five pick, who cares Yeah, where it is? Right Right, right now, it looks like they're going to pick in the top five or top six. Mm-hmm. So, that's fine. See, I, I can't even fathom, though, picking sixth after how, on an 18-game losing How horrible streak. this year was, yeah. Yeah. Because so. they've been in last place for so long. Mm-hmm. They'll, They'll probably be in last place until the very end of the season. Yeah. And worth noting, with the draft lottery changes, if the Sabres do win the lottery this year, it will not affect them in any way for uh, winning the lottery in the next two years because yeah. you're not allowed to win the lottery more than two times in a two, in a five-year span. So this next year will be the start of that, but there's still the lottery rules where there's only two lotteries and you can't jump up more than 10 spots. It'll be interesting to the see Rangers how, effect. That all, how that all shapes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about the Edmonton Oilers and Connor yes, McDavid for Connor a McDavid. second. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, this was more of a topic of discussion from like three or four years ago, mm-hmm. when people would say, oh, well, if McDavid was here, it wouldn't have made a difference anyways. Like, yeah, great player, fantastic player, but nothing would have changed. Mm-hmm. I... I think I I don't really think about Connor McDavid and the Sabres anymore, like that he should have been here. <laughs> but the other day when I saw that he literally is like playing at a two-point-per-game clip this season and is the most dominant force in the National Hockey League, I was yeah. thinking like, oh, my God. They, they should just name the MVP trophy after him. Like, that guy's <laughs> insane. And, like, it's a shame that he's over in Edmonton. Because, like, he doesn't really get talked about a whole lot. Like, if Matthews was playing in Edmonton and McDavid was playing in Toronto, 
just imagine. Like he would be the biggest star. In oh the my National god! Hockey League. If McDavid was in Toronto, he'd be the biggest hockey star ever. Yeah. In in uh, in Canada, at least. I think but. Connor McDavid will play for the the Leafs. Somewhere down when it's the line. all said and done, yeah, eventually, I think that's definitely going to happen. Uh but again, I want to go back to the point of people saying it wouldn't have made a difference. It one hundred thousand percent would have made a dramatic difference. It, Mike Babcock would have coached the Sabers had they they won the draft lottery in twenty fifteen, and let's not forget other free agents. That would have been like, okay, I want to go play with Connor McDavid. Like, that really didn't happen in Edmonton, really, mm-hmm. besides Milan Lucic. But let's not forget the, the impact that Mike Babcock had on the Leafs when he That's was true. there. Yeah. Like, his the second year there, they were in the playoffs. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't get past the first round, but they were much better. They were a terrible team, made a gigantic jump with Austin Matthews on the mm-hmm. team, and they made the playoffs. They made the playoffs, I think, three years in a row under Babcock. Mm-hmm. So Babcock would have been the coach here. I'm not saying it would have been pretty, but it wouldn't have been this dumpster fire that we've been watching burn for five, six years now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame because Connor McDavid in Buffalo would have been, oh, my God. Like, imagine, like, Eichel's great. Eichel's a great player. But, man, oh, man, imagine if Connor McDavid was here well, like he should have been. Where do you stand on the Dreisaitl-Reinhardt discussion? Could have had Dreisaitl, right? I mean, where do you stand on that, then? I mean, like, yeah, obviously Leon Dreisaitl is a much better player. Mm-hmm. MVP of the league last year. Would things have been different if yeah, it was probably. Him? If Sam Reinhardt was playing with Connor McDavid – on the same line, I mean, probably mm-hmm. he's a much better player. Mm-hmm. If Leon Dreisaitl was in Buffalo, he's not the MVP of the league last year. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, yeah, well, no, I see. I, I, I hate going down this path just because it's it's revisionist history. Like, yeah, right. Leon Dreisaitl's a better uh, player now, but if you put it in an alternative reality, there were people calling Leon Dreisaitl a bust when he couldn't really break into the Oilers true. lineup. That's true. That rookie year, similarly to Reinhardt here during the tank season. I think listen, no matter McDavid would make a difference anywhere he goes. Yeah. Right? Uh but I think you the scenario you described, you'd have to get Babcock for that all Mm-hmm. to line up, right? Because, yeah, the Leafs did start bringing in free agents and whatnot there. Uh, but just – I don't think McDavid alone would have fixed this mess. Well, they with O'Reilly. With – okay, yeah, O'Reilly. Reinhardt, yeah, to, maybe like, things there, turn It's not like there was a barren wasteland right. of supporting cast. They had a Vander Kane. Yeah. Like, they had guys. They just didn't have depth. Mm-hmm. And I think coaching – under Bilesma stifled a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, uh, I mean, you bring up good points. Yes. The Oilers had a lot of young talent too, though, when mm-hmm. McDavid came in, right? So yeah, Hall, maybe all those guys needed was a McDavid to, you know, uh, get the best out of them. Uh, yeah. Hall, Eberle. Jordan Everly was still there. You're right. Uh, so, you know, things – I've always been of the, the mindset that it wouldn't have been much different. I feel it, like they, it, the playoff drought would have been shattered. You think like so? Like two, th- two, three, four years ago. 100%. It's, it's a wormhole. It is a wormhole. Right? It's a revisionist history, but I think the difference between Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel is uh, monstrous. Immeasurable, Yeah. I mean, the difference between Connor McDavid and any player is yeah, just so it it is actually beyond words. Uh, there's no way to to, to to quantify that. But in really. 2015, it's, what we were all led to believe that the gap between McDavid and Eichel wasn't at that mm-hmm. big was it was a that's foolish. pile of crap. That is foolish. That we were all fed from foolish the media. Mm-hmm. Like man, oh, the nah. Sabers really missed out. Mm-hmm. 
really it's not up. their fault you know? yeah yeah they got they got screwed in the lottery which it sucks but hey i'd rather have jack eichel and dylan strom yeah that's they true. did the right thing that's true they did the absolute right thing and i hope jack eichel plays another game in buffalo because i don't want to imagine well, well we're seeing it right now but like i don't want to imagine what it would be like without him next season another another season like five this. years of this yeah mm. so we'll see and probably much further after that uh you want to talk about the tv deal yeah i'm very i'm very excited about this uh the new tv deals with espn and turner sports which will in turn put the nhl on tnt and uh tbs uh it's just very exciting because you're going from a third-rate sports channel that also airs college lacrosse and uh, Ivy League football games and track meets and swimming qualifiers for the Olympics. You're going from that to a network with the NBA, uh, the MLB, March Madness, uh, ESPN, then with every major sports league under the sun now uh, playing on their network. So you're you're this this truly feels like a big league move uh, by the NHL. Right, it's Absolutely. it's it's uh it's about time. They were pretty much bastardized by NBC. NBC did nothing with that property uh, for the longest time. I mean, what was what was the latest innovation that NBC tried to make with their NHL coverage? Wednesday night rivalry, and that was now it's Wednesday night hockey, right? Because like the rivalries made no sense. Uh, yeah, like the Sabres versus the Penguins. I yeah. remember that was a Wednesday night rivalry. You, you had no uh, no visibility, pretty much, on a network like with NBC. Because uh, NBC itself is just too big a network to get games on the actual NBC channel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, TNT is available enough, and well, Turner Sports at least they have enough properties that are viewed by enough people, where you know putting them on TNT is big time, right? That's one of the biggest networks on television. You're not going to have games being kicked to CNBC and the Golf Channel. Playoff games, playoff games on the Golf Channel. Like, are you kidding me? We're not going to see that anymore. Uh, of course, you might see them on True TV now, <laughs> but. Uh, well, no, because I mean they'll be split between ESPN, yeah, and uh, yeah, the, pl- and the, the TNT. Stanley Cup final at least is going to be split as well, right, from year to year. So for uh, it's it's very exciting, um, and especially a lot of people rave about the coverage of the NBA and TNT with the analysts they have, Ernie Johnson, Shaq, uh, Charles Barkley, and I think Jalen Rose is the the fourth one, but. If somewhere you can find personalities like that, get a good host in there, have Ernie Johnson host. I mean, he, he can probably do anything. Uh, Let's be honest here. They're going to bring in Pierre Maguire, Keith Jones, all these guys. I hope not. I Well, I hope that they maybe they dip into the Canadian ranks, right? There's a lot of good uh, – uh, Canadian analyst, uh, even Kevin Weeks, Kevin Weeks in there. Mm. Uh, but I was gonna say earlier, John Tortorella, I think would be, he'd be perfect. He'd be a great intermission analyst. He'd be fantastic uh, for an NBA on TNT type setting for the NHL. I think that would be wonderful. Uh, I, I, you know, I wish I was in charge of finding the on-air talent mm-hmm. for for this. Right? Like, I feel like they're just gonna bring in all the NBC people. I, I hope not. I think but I think you want if you're if you're if you're Turner, you wanna uh get some fresh blood in You there. wanna create your own image. Yeah. Right? Uh Turner has a like they're going for it lately, their sports division with like just adding new stuff uh to their lineup. They're doing M- MMA now mm. uh on on TNT. Um wrestling's on there and now adding hockey uh to go along with They're basketball going all in. and baseball, indeed, literally. Uh, but no, I, I I hope that they find top tier talent, right? To to uh, 
expand the popularity of hockey because this this is huge mm-hmm. like for the nhl yeah uh huge you're 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 in the big leagues now you're amongst the rest of the 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 big networks you're gonna have stanley cup on on abc uh presumably um and two networks sharing your your playoff games which will take away the games on cnbc and usa network aspect of it so for sure uh no i can't say enough good things about this deal plus i'm a big fan of like the the television presentation so the graphics packages right the music that they use i'm looking forward to that like how are they i can go on and on about this. oh yeah you're genuinely excited i'm seriously so excited <laughs> for this i'm gonna be locked in it, it it's good for the game in terms of like people like me you know keeping you interested nbc uh didn't even up like they didn't update their their score bug for six years probably yeah. and that was just a color change <laughs> they they haven't bothered to improve the presentation of the product. They bastardized it. That's what they did. NBC was a horrible partnership. Brutal. Brutal. You want to hear something funny? Yes. The Sabres have not made the playoffs in the history of the NHL and NBCSN era. Oh, my God. That's was right. Was the last time they were in the playoffs? They were, it was versus. It was versus. Still, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yep. That's a very good point. <laughs> uh, wow. So... It, yeah, I'm just excited. Someday, hopefully within the next seven years, that day will come where the Sabres do have an ESPN playoff game. Right? Is it, Play that they, iconic music. This, the Sabres are going to be on ESPN and TNT, not NBC Sports Network. Like, people are going to see the Key Bank Center. Mm-hmm. They're going to see Buffalo on these much bigger networks. There's going to be so much more eyeballs on the league, uh, on – the cities as well. It's just, it's really, really good for the league. I think in the smaller, more minute parts, um, that just kind of bring it into the modern age of like sports broadcasting. Yeah. I think I love it. I'm, I'm super stoked. I wonder what this means for the salary cap. If it's going to affect the, Oh, I think absolutely. Uh, it's going to affect the salary cap. So it's not flat for the next three or four years anymore. That well, that was a uh, a big discussion when the the NFL uh, reached their TV deals. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they have fifteen billion partners too, so um, I think it says a lot about maybe how far the game has come too, right? I mean, they were just coming off a lockout when they struck the NBC deal. Uh, well, that was the first season with NBC after the lockout. So, I mean, this is the benefit of playing games, right? When you, when you aren't yeah. stopping all the time, uh, teams want to partner, you know, networks want to partner with you. So, uh, no, very excited. Can't wait mm-hmm. for next year already. Uh, tomorrow's the – no, Thursday is the NFL draft, right? Uh, Thir- yeah, yeah, Thursday. Th- Thursday. Thursday it is yeah. indeed, yes. Uh, who are you thinking for the Bills? Give me your prediction. Uh. All signs point to Travis Etienne. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love a corner though. Again, I'm I'm uh, not very filled in with the draft. I just I don't I don't know I I can't. It's too much of a crapshoot to invest in guys. So that's why I don't get hyped up really so much about the draft. Uh, I don't think I have a weird thing against taking defensive ends at the like higher in the draft or you know once you get lower into the round so plus AJ Epinesa is still here I don't think they were going to spend their only top pick last year on a guy if they weren't planning on committing to him yeah. so I don't think it's going to be a defensive end um I mean we'll see Brandon Bean has said they're thinking long term so maybe receiver again mm-hmm. uh because Cole Beasley's time is going to come up yeah shortly uh and John Brown's gone. Isaiah McKenzie won't be here after next year, probably. Yeah, if they so. pay him in candy, maybe. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so there, there's going to be holes to fill. Uh, by the way, a few weeks ago I was talking about I couldn't think of the name of the, the ESPN um, oh, the girl. Oh, pod, the podcast host, yes. Uh, Linda Cohn. Well, well, Linda Cohn actually does the, the, on, the, the ESPN Plus NHL show. She's totally going to have a role oh, yeah. in the ESPN coverage. Absolutely. Barry Melrose. Right. Bucci Gross. Oh, God. Barry. 
<laughs> I'm not going to say much because, you know, but yeah. Yeah, all right. You need to update your talents <laughs> is what I'm going to say. Yeah, you got anything else before we sign off? No. All right. Uh, we appreciate you all for listening to this week's episode of the Charging Buffalo podcast. Appreciate you all for listening. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff. Follow our prospect coverage on Instagram as well at Future of the 716. Lots of stuff coming out on that page, so make sure you follow it. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, Joe TCB NHL, LVKETCB. And as always, thank you for listening. Subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review, five star rating if you are so kind. And we'll be back next Tuesday for another installment of the podcast. And hopefully we'll be talking about some Sabres wins, maybe some more draft stuff. And we'll see you in the next one.